0: Hey there, and welcome to Creative License, where we dive into what makes creative people successful and immerse ourselves in that process. I'm your host, Alex Perlman. Ten years ago, Zach Swartz never knew he'd be churning out videos and social media with some of the top athletes in the world, but that's exactly the spot he's in as the senior producer for WME Sports, a massive agency that also works with the giants of film, TV, and music. Zach got his start in college sports, working his way through the ranks as he discovered and trailblazed in many ways a brand new profession, constantly growing as a creator and honing his craft. Technological advancements have altered some of his daily work, like which app he needs to master next, but the main theme stays the same, telling a great story. Zach, you've now been the senior producer at the WME Sports for a little while now. But, you know, you hear that, you hear producer. That has a different meaning in every single type of occupation. So what exactly does that mean in your world?
1: Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've uh, been with WME Sports for uh, since last May, so almost a year now. Uh, really, you know, my job is threefold. It's working with our current clients across all major sports, that's you know tennis, golf, NBA, NFL, MLB, uh, action sports, all, all kinds of pretty much every sport you can think of, um, working with them directly to produce content for their social media, both monetized and non-monetized, uh, help them grow their brand and, th- and then also you know execute on some of their um, partner deals um, and the activation that they need. Um, so producing content for our athletes, for our clients. Uh, the second thing is is producing content that essentially shows off what we do at wme sports so we have an instagram and a twitter page and uh, we create content for our own channels uh and that's you know really for you know a major part of that is recruiting new clients showing off what we you know what we can do so that you know potential new clients know know what we can do and know our services and then the third thing is um You know, really, we can be hired essentially as consultants for a variety of properties across the sports landscape. So conferences, teams, leagues, um, they hire us to do anything from on the back end, looking at their strategy, looking at their social analytics and make, you know, we help them to kind of set goals and um, try to reach them. And then also all the way down to actually executing on those on that plan that we can give them, which is kind of where me and our graphic designer come in with producing the actual content um, that lives on those properties channels
0: yeah and this is kind of a a new thing for wme isn't it like being able to in-house produce this type of stuff is that something that that drew it to you maybe because i know that's what you did at ohio state you kind of like created the department when you were with ohio state football and the buckeyes is that something that really got you going and interested in this type of thing
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you know, I was in college athletics my entire professional career um, since 2010 and up until last May. So that would have been uh, about 11 years in the college space and um, didn't necessarily felt like I had outgrown it, but felt like I was ready for a new challenge. Um, and, and really, that's what uh, interested me in, in this new endeavor with Endeavor. Um, and so, yeah, that it works out nicely. You know, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, really though it's the opportunity to work with a variety of um, athletes sports, get a, you know for me personally I've gotten a lot of experience working in the professional side of things, but also networking and, and meeting a lot of people across the industry. Um, but yeah just really the opportunity to kind of move up from you know the collegiate space with Nil and everything. there's a lot of opportunities in that world, but the professional world is very different um, and so it's been really, really, I'd say eye-opening and and a learning experience, but something that's been really fun uh, to produce content that's for a little bit similar but a little bit different purpose.
0: Yeah, and just to fill everybody in, you know, you you went to school at Ohio, then you went on to Arkansas, and you did a few different roles at Arkansas. Whether that was um, external content in terms of like uh, like hype videos, producing that sort of thing for the fans, and then you did some video board stuff for in arena shows and that sort of thing and then you move on to Ohio State where you've got this this great job you know you're working directly with the football team you guys are going to college football playoff after college football playoff and Big Ten championship after Big Ten championship it it seems like this is very different right in terms of what you're producing now than what you were producing then in terms of just collegiate and professional obviously but they kind of have different goals don't they?
1: yeah it's at, at the very base there's some really you know some really strong similarities like i said you know there's always that kind of recruiting aspect it's at a different for a different purpose you know and there's obviously different rules that you have to abide by at each at each level but um and so there's like kind of like that base level of content that i think always exists so on on field on court content is always something that i'll that i have produced and that i i still produce uh, but I, I really like when i'm talking to one of our clients it's that's like the very base level that that doesn't separate them from anybody. A highlight video on their social media is something everybody has now. And so we're really, we really try to look for, you know, unique ways to tell their stories, but at the professional level, you know, at the college level, obviously with NIL there, there was that aspect of building their brand and wanting to give them marketing opportunities and the opportunity to make money. But I didn't, you know, that didn't exist really when I was still working at college sports now, like, you can still tell the 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 athlete's story and and get to know them really well and really have an influence on them but in the back of your head too there there has to be a reason for that content and it it doesn't have to be directly tied to monetization Um, i'm not sure i would enjoy this job as much if all i was trying to do was make money for our athletes directly yeah Um, but you are like you are trying as you tell someone's story we have an athlete. We have a few athletes that are really interested in in, uh, in the Marvel movies, you know, right? And nerding out to the Marvel movies. And so, as we're telling the story, like, yeah, we're going to tell their story because they're interested in that, and because it'll help grow their following on social. But maybe that could lead to an opportunity to be in a Marvel movie. And with the with the wide breadth of endeavor and the connections that we have, that's a real possibility. And so, there's a there has to be that purpose behind the content you're making. In college it was a little more like I um, I don't know the right word, like it was it was a little less concrete. It was just like guy I wanna tell the story, let's do it, you know, yeah. because it's gonna help you on social and, and get get good interaction and, and there's still that, but there's a kind of a, a longer game, I think, in what I'm doing now.
0: All right. So we've done a, a pretty good intro of, of your career and, and the types of endeavors that, that you've There's Endeavor again that you've uh, done so far uh, in which really hasn't been that long a career. I mean, you're only in your early 30s at this point. But when did you know that you wanted to be, you know, quote unquote, a creative or be able to produce these these types of features and, and different elements?
1: Man, I like I just fell into it. And I think that's that's probably the case in a lot of, for a lot of people, you know, I think I look at kind of being a creative quote unquote, wasn't a thing when I came out of college. Like I had never heard that, that kind of like has developed over the last, I don't know, five, 10 years maybe. Um, but yeah, like when I started, when I came out of, when I graduated college, I had a journalism degree. i never picked up a camera, uh, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to work for a newspaper. Um, because, uh, for obvious reasons, I think in, in 2010, but, and so I just kind of fell into, as I went, when I went to Arkansas and, uh, just, you know, kind of learned on the job as a, as a grad assistant and then as a full timer down there and I just kind of fell in love with it. And so there was never like a moment now, I think it's such like a, there's this pretty niche, um, community on social media of creatives and everybody kind of knows each other from social media or because they're going to the same events. And, and, uh, now it's kind of like, you see the opportunities out there and there are a million of them to go be a creative somewhere. For me, it was like, I, I was just kind of given an opportunity and, uh, as a grad assistant to kind of do Whatever You know, it was new media in 2010. And so I was doing live blogging and trying to figure out content for the website and like how to use Facebook. And, you know, now it's like the idea back then that you would post a 30 second video with popular music natively to social media like that wasn't even a thing. And now, obviously, that's like a huge part well, social of social
0: media was barely a thing at that point. Like exactly. I was at the journalism school, I was getting taught by professors how to tweet. I mean, can you believe that? Like that running through your head right now? And there's there's such a dissonance with what now it's like, you know, the 18 and, and 17 year old kids that are telling us how to use social media. Exactly. At this
1: point. Exactly. And it's. Like social media and the the algorithms and the strategy behind it, you know, even that has only been like a huge focus over the last few years. Um, so, to answer your original question, like I just kind of fell into it. Um, I think when I had been at Arkansas probably three or four years and I saw the development of the SEC network and the investment that the school was putting into that, um, and then to just seeing. As I came to Ohio State in 2016, seeing the opportunity for recruiting, um, and like seeing that coaches and administration were investing in this, it was less of like I know this is what I want to do, and more of, man, this is a crazy opportunity that's out there. And if I can learn, you know, a variety or um, learn a bunch, a variety of new skills, I think I can be really valuable and make this a career.
0: That's smart, though, because uh, I don't know if enough people. Realize when there are opportunities in front of them and take advantage of it. A lot of times they see it and they come up with a reason why they don't want to do it or a reason that it won't work. And you just kind of went the opposite. You're like, hey, here's something that I know I can do. I'm interested in enough. And I just kind of seize the chance.
1: Yeah, and and I always tell people um, when they're like, when young people kind of ask me, like, how I want to get into this, how do I, I still, you know, tell people that it, to me, it's like, it's the breadth of everything. You want to be really good at one thing. And so I have, you know, videography has been kind of my thing that I fell into and it's become my specialty, but I also understand not only like the aspects that are directly tied to that, like social media, but also I, I really just try to understand like why the, The 20,000 foot view not just like I think a lot of creatives focus a lot and rightfully so on shot selection and, and color correction and um you know audio and all that stuff is extremely important but you know you have to also understand not only the details from the bottom up but the details from the top down of why you're being asked to create something and that's to me what like opportunity is if you absolutely love editing videos and and creating content and you know, that's what you want to do. That is perfectly fine. For me, I always wanted to continue to grow and see like see what other aspects are out there. I've never wanted to be known just as a videographer. I wanted to be known as a, as a creator or uh, you know, a creative director or or somebody that at least I I always want to have some sort of upward trajectory um, or it can either be a, a, a side to side trajectory, like just somewhere to go where I can learn and grow.
0: Sure. Yeah. And, and you've done that throughout your career. And this is actually a perfect segue into where I wanted to go next, because here on Creative License, we, we like to kind of dive into one process that, that someone does really well and that someone excels at and find out exactly how they're able to do it. In terms of hype videos, when when we were at Arkansas together, when you're at Ohio State, I mean, the things that you created just like blew me away. I consider you one of the the masters of that game. So what makes a good one? And it's interesting you bring up kind of having that 20,000 foot, 30,000 foot view because it's not just creating a selection of shots, like you said, and throwing it all together and throwing some big anthem behind it. And like, that's going to bring people in, right. It's kind of a vision. Where does that come from?
1: Um, at Ohio state, it came from, um, just being present. Um, probably the biggest challenge I think in, in making any content. And I think you're seeing a lot of, this is a whole other conversation, but you're seeing a lot of creatives kind of uh, get burned out and want to try something different because of the cyclical nature. When you work for a team, there's always the cyclical nature. It's the same season, you know, every year, the same, you know, working in college football, you got winter workouts and spring ball. Um, and, then and it's the same kind of the teams
0: too, right? Same so, team. I mean, yep. you're, if you're in oh, doing Ohio state football, you're going to have the game every single year against Michigan. You're going to play Michigan state every single year. It's like that especially when it's in your division, how do you keep that fresh?
1: Exactly. And, and that it became a challenge for sure. Um, but I just think for me being present and being around the team and knowing e- each week, you know, the coach would have a theme, whatever, you know, whether I'm making the hype video or I'm making an individual, you know, video for a specific position unit or whatever, there's always a theme and there's always something that's being talked about. And just like, for me, just being immersed in all of that gave me a place to start so i think like it became a it honestly became after you know i started doing hype videos at arkansas for however many years two or three years there and did it for five years at ohio state so like by year seven or eight of making hype videos you come it, it, there's a formula in there of here are the elements that you need but
0: um what are, what are dip- those elements
1: so for me at ohio state i think the elements were uh a, i always started with the song and the song you know, there were times when it was aggressive for the, the, as we said, the team up North um, hype video, it was, it was always extremely aggressive.
0: Um, So for those of you not familiar with Ohio state's jargon, uh, that's their biggest rivals, the university of Michigan, but I'm not even allowed to say that here. So. (laughs) Uh,
1: And so, yeah, so, you know, it's finding the right song, whether it's aggressive or like, you know, for a big Ten championship or, you know, a playoff game, maybe a little more like dramatic, um, and then, you know, there's, so, you know, finding the right music is kind of the, the start. Um, and then for me, it was always the sound bites from, you know, we we had great access, which to me, that's if you want in this day and age. I honestly like I think hype videos are kind of a little outdated almost at this point because everyone does them in the traditional sense. And yeah, when so, you were um, doing
0: them, that wasn't the case, though. It was like this thing that people didn't even know existed and like they couldn't wrap their minds around how it made them feel so ready to like run through a brick wall for their team even though they of course weren't the ones that were taking the field in the first place
1: yeah and and I think that's like the trick that I that's the trick that I learned was for me I grew up it was a lot easier for me at Ohio State than it was at Arkansas because I grew up in Columbus I grew up a Buckeye fan I knew exactly what would Make the fans go go crazy because it may. I felt it in me, and so I don't. I've never thought. I know I'm not even close to the most talented video editor out there. I don't even think I'm the most talented, you know, trailer or hype video guy out there. Uh, but I think what I do best, uh, or like out of my skill sets, what my greatest strength is in that realm is the ability to make a fan feel emotion, whether it's anger, ready to fight somebody. Or, you know, telling the story of like what the team went through and, and feeling that and then and then building that up, whether it's like, I think I I always like to either bookend um, a story, you know, I love movies. And so I always try to pick up like, the way that a, a story is being told and that a plot is being told, I try to apply a plot to a hype video, there's like a deeper story to be told each week. And so anyway, it's about like, it's about just like finding the storyline and making people feel like they're watching a movie trailer. And, I, and I'll say this about Ohio state. I, I like tried to like every year I would try to like do something a little different, like maybe try to experiment. And then my last couple of years, I realized like at Ohio state, the fans, they called it the trailer. All right. And so what's it, it's a, it's supposed to feel like a movie trailer. So to me, like, Get rid of hype video. Get rid of um, a highlight. Like all of that stuff isn't what what the fans wanted at Ohio State. It was let's make a movie trailer. And so that was another. You know, we talk about elements. I always I tried to include titles in every one. So it just like you're watching a movie trailer. There's, there's usually going to be titles. I didn't want to make a hype video. I wanted to make a trailer. And for just the untrained ear, who you know, whoever there's there might not be a difference. But for me, I wanted people to feel like they were watching a movie and that what was happening on the field and you know at practice or whatever was like larger than life
0: what What about specifically getting better video and, and improving the quality with the types of cameras that were available and that you could buy
1: yeah we definitely that's that's always a part of our world is is the technology and keeping up with that and um color and sound that's all stuff that i got better at much better at when i first got there i i didn't really appreciate um color or sound and to me like to me, like that's what makes a video. Um, honestly, is is the sound, um, and so, you know, it was you know it's it's sound effects. It's it's uh, just like subtle effects that you can add over top. That so when a, a defensive end knocks the head off a quarterback, you know, a, a slight zoom with the motion blur and a nice whoosh underneath it, and then a fake sound effect of of pads crunching.
0: You'll could, actually you could... go in and and add that that in in post, not just the audio of the the guys going after it, but but maybe a fake sound effect that is the same thing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and that's you know that's become pretty standard, and I think people take do take a lot of pride now in their sound editing. And so if you actually watch a video, you know if you watch the hype videos, there's the only nat sound that's real is is the coaches talking or if we're in the huddle and a player's talking Um, it's all fake crowd noise. It's all, uh, we, I have a, um, you know, a folder of all kinds of football sound effects and basketball sound effects and crowds, and then all the little whooshes. And, and uh, you know, we have, I even have, you know, I have embarked on in, in premiere of like, I know exactly, you know, after eight years or whatever of using the same sound effects, I know exactly like, what point of what sound effect I want for you know I'll see a, I'll see a defensive end hit and I'll be like okay I know I want this crunch in in this one because I've used it literally two thousand times you know and so that that's like it's a personal challenge for me like to grow and to try to use to try to find different sounds and and not get into that same formula of like okay I know I want to add. We, I always laugh with my friends, like, cause we have the same packs and it's like power whoosh 10. Like that was what we always went to for like, <laughs> that was like kind of a slower, like build, like vroom. and so like, if a player is like, um, if like a quarterback's throwing the ball, you know, it's slow motion as he comes up, you're always going to go, like get that, that whoosh right there. Um, and so for me, it's like, how do I like not do that? Maybe it's like, Speed, you know, doing a speed ramp and the quarterback throws. And instead of like the fast whoosh sound, maybe it's like a sword, you know, the clang of like the, the, like the high pitch, like, shoof. and you know, it's little things like that. That if like, if I were to put the same video out twice or like the same shot and just like show the defensive end hitting the quarterback with no sound and then showing them hitting it with those sound effects, it's those little things that make all the difference.
0: So we talked a lot about how you go about creating those types of things and what you're looking for. Let's break one down. Now, the one you made for the game in 2020, which of course is Ohio State-Michigan, it's got like a very, like a Game of Thrones, like a Targaryen type of vibe where, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the one where the M's disintegrate. So it had, had a really cool effect because, of course, you guys don't allow any M's for obvious reasons on campus. So, Every time that there would be words on the screen, there would be an M in it, and the M would kind of shatter and and disintegrate, just kind of basically like it was petrified and uh, and broken or breathed fire on. How did you come up with the idea for that one?
1: I think you know, part like just in general, it goes back to understanding what's going to get what. Like, I wouldn't call that an Easter egg, but I'd call it a, a detail that our fans would enjoy. And and part of that was, you know, I also ran our social media. And so during that week, we made the very difficult decision to not use any M's in any of our social copy. And by the way, you don't know how hard it is to like every year we miss so many M's, whether it was in a graphic or on the, the tweet copy. It is such a pain in the butt. But <laughs> I it's imagine. become kind of a it's become kind of a tradition. And it does go back to on-campus. All the, uh, the students on the Monday of that week go around and put red X's on all the M's across campus. So that's where it stems from. There was hopes from fans that we would remove the M off of Ohio <laughs> Stadium. And um, I don't think that... I think it would have been a little cost prohibitive, um, but that would have been amazing if they could actually do that. But yes, for the most part... Every M on campus, from street signs to menus, um, you know, are crossed out. And so, we f- at first extended that to our social media copy, and then in later years, we even extended it to our um, to the words on our graphics. And for a long time, we hadn't done it on videos. We just would try to avoid it. And so, I think that's kind of where the idea came from, as far, as far as like, okay, let's let's cross out the M's. I think the year before in 2019, I did like a little like laser rocket thing through it that like made an X through it. And so the next year it was like, what can I do with the same idea, but make it different. And uh YouTube after effects tutorials are, um, are awesome. Uh, from video, video copilot.com are, are always my favorites. So I think it's, it's incredible
0: it. that over the years you've just, it's all self-taught, right? You're like uh like a guitar virtuoso that completely just played by ear you've never had, formal training and and after effects for the most part right
1: yeah and i like i mean i'm sure that exists and i'm sure people do pay money for that but there's a lot of free resources out there and like i'm not unique in that at all i think that's especially now um well i think like especially like I, i consider myself like a pretty old head now like i'm 34 years old and you know there are kids that are 16 17 you know that are doing it that are like literally half my age that's which is like insane to think about um but so like back then like there definitely wasn't like uh sports hype video after effects class like you just did it on your own but i think that still extends to today like i think most people are self-taught because of the the availability of free resources um and the fact that even like these, you know, the young kids now that are growing up, like the editing software that's free on your iPad or your iPhone is like, you can do a lot of stuff on there. For me as a videographer, another side note, the editing software in Instagram Reels and TikTok, it's like when like the the social value of, of those things are through the roof. Like that is what people are watching um, and so I understand the value of that. But as like a, a pure videographer, I just like I hate the rawness of the cuts and the edits. Sure, but like yeah. I, as a social media manager, I understand it. But, it. but, you know, the reason I say that is because, you know, now a lot of these young kids are growing up knowing the the editing tools within that are built into Instagram Reels and, and TikTok and all that. And I'll be curious to see how editing software changes over the next as as those young creators that are 12, 13, 14 or whatever going through college that are not, like used to natively creating within Instagram and within TikTok, what will happen to professional editing software and, and what will be the standard of video editing as those people go into the industry? This will be I, interesting to follow.
0: I mean, just, just hearing you talk about it, it kind of makes my head spin just thinking about how far everything has come and how different everything is now you are literally in that world every single day where you need to keep up with what everybody else is doing. Because if WME is producing a video that, you know, clearly doesn't appeal to the right types of people, that's a little bit of a failure on your guys' part, right? You need to reach the audience that you want to. So how do you possibly keep up with all of these these latest trends? It, it seems really difficult.
1: Um. You know, there's there's the basic ways of, of just being on the platform. I mean, that's that's been key. It's just being there and just kind of trying to follow. Um, for us, we, you know, the cool thing about my job here is um, at Ohio State, I, I was a video producer, but I also managed the social media accounts and, and did that on my own. Here, we actually have a team where we have a social analytics person and a um, kind of a social manager as well. And so they help. Um, that's part of their job. And I do it on my own as well, just trying to to keep track, but I I rely on them a lot. Um, And then the really cool thing that I think has has really grown is that Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, everybody actually has that works for those companies, actually have a a, a liaison to sports, music, entertainment, somebody that you can go to. And so we we have pretty regular meetings um, with TikTok. Um, they're representatives that work with athletes, on uh, the professional side. And, and they're giving us, Hey, here's kind of what the algorithm favors. Here's like the type of video that might perform well. And so that's part of our job is like, if we hop on a, on a call with one of our clients, most times 80% of the time or whatever, it's the athlete going, social media is definitely important. I can make money. I don't really understand it. And so it's not like, like we need to be ahead of the game and be like, here are the things that you should do. We can't sit back and wait for an athlete to be like, is this a good idea? Because they don't know half the time they're focused on their sport, but they know the value that that social media is valuable. And so it is important to stay ahead of the trends. And it's hard, it is hard. Like I, I have a, I have a four month old kid. I can't sit on TikTok all day. It's just not every, you know, and I edit videos. Um, But at the same time, it is our job to to try to pay attention to those trends. And luckily we have those resources, um, at the, at those companies that, that help us out. Um, and so that's how I, you know, go about it now, but also just being on the platform I think is important.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even know that, that that was a thing, but it makes, I mean, it makes total sense because there's so much content that's coming from. A musician or, you know, a pop star like uh, Olivia Rodrigo, or obviously, you know, if Tom Brady or LeBron James are going to put something out on social, it's going to be viewed by millions and millions of people. So it's obviously a huge resource for all of these types of people, but specifically for athletes, it's really competitive to sign a star athlete coming out of college or even to get them to maybe... Uh, switch agencies when they're in the middle of their career how much is social and content creation part of your guys pitch to these guys
1: I mean it's a big part and and I think I think any anybody that's not talking about social media is in any in any aspect not even in you know recruiting to an agency but I think it's it's kind of just like the inevitable it's like anybody that's not talking about social media you're you're completely missing the boat, and so it is a big part. Um, and you know, the, I think the real value that that we bring is that we're in house. We have this small but mighty team that continues to grow, that is just available to our athletes. You know, obviously, we I can't possibly be exhaustive and and produce, uh, schedule and run social media for 200 people, but we can um, work with work with individual athletes who are interested. In-house and not, you know, a lot of times people are having to go hire their own uh, marketing or or um, publicist or or a videographer on their own out of their own dime. That's a big pitch is that we're a small but mighty team and we're available to you if you need us as a part of signing with us. Um, and, and then the other thing is, again, just the breadth of, of WME and Endeavor, you know, we are connected to and rep. Uh, you know, YouTube stars, TikTok stars, movie stars, musician, everything. And so if you, that's really like a big part of my job is, is again, like the off the field stuff. And so we have football players, we have athletes that are interested in and that make really good, I think really good music. And so we can connect them with a YouTube star um, that we rep and do a collab on YouTube that gives each person the opportunity to dive into each other's um, followers on social media um, and that's just like a built-in connection because we're all under the same roof that I think a lot of other places can't claim. There are, there are some, but, um, that's a pretty unique aspect of the company yeah. I work for.
0: you mentioned, you know, your, your son, Bo, does that change your outlook on, on everything? Has that had that type of impact where you've thought more about the future than you did before?
1: hundred percent. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, for me, like, um, when I was younger and I, you know, was single and, uh, you know, trying to kind of build my, my reputation and my resume in the industry, you know, I was able to put, like, I was able just to go to work in the morning and just do it, you know? And that was fine. Cause I loved it. It was sports. And, you know, you're in there and I'm just like, I'm making videos for a living and on social media, like this is great. Um,
0: and drinking like seven yeah. cups of coffee in the process. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those have actually cut down, believe it or not. Um, I
0: hope so. That doesn't sound healthy.
1: No. Uh, <laughs> and now, like, and now you really, and it's this is a topic of conversation among not just people my age, you know, with families, but across the industry. Again, it's part of it is the um uh, the cyclical nature of sports, but just the fact that sports are always on, and and that's been a challenge in my cor- current role. You know, going from working in just for one sport. There's always a season now, you know. There's the NBA's going on, the NFL's going on, you know, all that stuff overlaps, um, and so it's now it's like more of like I take pride in finding balance. I still take pride in my work and and want to produce good work, but it's more about um, priorities and and realizing that this this video over here probably doesn't need as many man hours as I would have put into it in the past for what we're trying to do. Um, if I'm making a highlight video for an athlete and they just are kind of like, yeah, like, Hey, can you put something together for me in the past? Maybe I, I would have like, uh, really agonized over every cut and made sure it was really good. And now like one, I have enough experience. And so I kind of have that, that down pat, but also I'm not going to second guess every single shot for a certain thing. If I know that there's a much more valuable uh, or there's a, there's a video that uh, I can, my time would be much more valuable, uh, on, you know, spending more detail on. So that's been the biggest thing with having a family is priorities and balance.
0: Yeah. To- totally makes sense. In the time that you've been at WME, what are some of the most interesting or fun, enjoyable projects you've gotten to work on?
1: My, uh, really like one of my favorite things that I've ever done, um, honestly is something I'm doing now with and it goes back because I have a personal relationship with him from being at Ohio State but with Paris Campbell wide receiver for the Colts um, he uh, you know I got to know him really well at Ohio State just a great guy really down-to-earth person and also really good football player you know so he's got a story that's really easy to tell and so it's funny like he had reached out to me a couple months ago I really want to beef up my YouTube and my social media like can we do something together and I was like well you're at that point he wasn't a client and I, I can't really do anything if you're not a client for us. Um, and like two or three weeks later, uh, we brought his agent over to our team. And so now, uh, Paris was a client. And so for me, like, we, we do you really think that like, had
0: to, anything to do with the fact that he wanted to produce no. his social media.
1: Absolutely not. It wow. was completely and totally separate. Um, and anyway, so I'm, we've we've launched his, he had a YouTube channel with his wife with a few videos on it. And so we've really branded it out, launched his YouTube channel We're I'm producing, we don't know how many episodes, but um, really just a content series about his life. Um, and so that's been, that's been really fun for me because it's a guy I know really well. And, you know, he's got a great family and he's a great dude. So that's been really fun. And then just like the variety, I've I've worked a lot with Justin Jefferson of um, the, the Vikings. Uh, he's been really interested in, in developing his social and his YouTube, and so getting to know you know another great guy. He's got great family, you know, getting to spend time with him. I went out to the Pro Bowl with him and kind of spent three days just kind of documenting not not so much the on the field stuff, but just what what is a guy of that caliber kind of. Do at the Pro Bowl. Got to go, to the, you know, the NBA draft and, and tell Scotty Barnes' story um, as he, you know, went through that process. I always love. That's what I love the most is I've learned now. Like it's less. I, I don't enjoy as much producing the short form social content, but but kind of longer form or even shorter form storytelling um, with our with our guys. So those are probably three of the things that I've really enjoyed doing so far.
0: I, I want to end by just asking you: Is there anything in your life and your, your personal life, your home life that you do that's creative, that is a part of what you do for, for work? Is there anything like that where you, where you have that kind of outlet in another area? Uh, I think
1: like I'll, I'll talk to people and, and I see like, I always find it amazing that a lot of graphic designers I'll see will, will do personal projects and put them out. And I just, I can't imagine for myself after working a whole day on something that you know a video that i'm producing for work and then going to want to spend more time video editing i love i love creating content uh and i enjoy it but i also need a break from it and so for me like it's actually like part of the creative process to like get away from it all and so like this is kind of a shame honestly but i you know i don't watch that much sports anymore you know as you know, I'm a big Red Sox fan, and I love I love watching baseball games. You know, I, I still watch a good amount of sports, but it's not like it was in the past. I got to gotta a gotta away from it. I love TV shows. I love movies. And so it's kind of inherent as, now as I watch. We just watch a show called Severance on Apple TV. It's fantastic, and it has a great intro. Um, and the cinematography and the way that the story is told and the character development, like, I kind of inherently just pick up stuff, like, that I just kind of even just moods and feels that I can kind of just pocket and be like, okay, like I can, I can see myself doing something similar. So like I find myself doing that even when I'm trying to get away from it.
0: That's really cool. Cause when I watch sports, I think the same thing, it's hard to watch it and just not listen and and critique in, in some sort of way. It's, it's kind of crazy how, even when you're trying to get away from something in some ways, it's always there with you. And I think that's just, it's just natural, right? You're, you're always, when, when you devote that much time to something, it just makes sense that it's, it's hard to put away, but it's also important to do it at the same time.
1: It is. And at the same time, like per, I talk about perspective and, and balance and all that stuff. Like at the end of the day, as like, it could be exhausting because it's 24 seven and there's a lot of your stuff that you, that you're creating is very visible. And so you see a lot of people are getting burnt out because of, you know they're constantly being critiqued, and like it's just part of the business. But at the same time, it's like if you could just sit back and and so, kind of have that perspective of like, I get to you know watch sports, work with athletes, and make videos for a living. As hard as it is, and as tiring as it as it gets sometimes, having that perspective like this is what I get to do for a living. Like that's i definitely like don't take that for granted and and really um really understand how kind of special that is
0: yeah there's no doubt about it zach this was super insightful thank you so much for taking a few minutes to come on with us you bet creative license is created hosted podcasted podcasted obviously why don't we try that again Creative License is created, hosted, produced, and edited by Alex Perlman with inspiration and guidance from Hannah Rosenthal. Graphic design by Carrie Lindgren. Our thanks once again to Zach Swartz for lending his insight and experiences this week. Follow Zach at ZSwartz on Twitter and at zswartz 407 on Insta. And you can find Creative License on Twitter at CLPod. And follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at ARPerlman. Shoot me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time.